everybody. Welcome back to the show, or welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Got a great show for you today. I'm talking with East Forest. East Forest is an amazing human being, uh, really thoughtful, smart, intelligent, wise, uh, magical, modern-day, mystical musician. Dare I say, shaman. I don't know if he would reject that term, but I'm going to say that. He is uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing composer of music, uh, a channel of the transcendental, of the liminal, of the luminous, of the awe-inspiring divinity of sound, the sonic soundscapes of the shamanic soother. Let's say that. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying a bit. I'm trying a bit here because... You know, I really do uh, feel so uh, nourished, satisfied, content, um, bu- and, and, and like bullished out when listening to East Forest. It's just, um, you know, I thought about including, <laughs> I said, I said, it's just, uh, and then I didn't say anything after that. I just, I just, <laughs> I abandon it because there's no words. You just have to listen, listen and feel. I can't, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't work for, you know, Pitchfork where I'm going to try and critique the, uh, the tonality of sounds and whatnot. I don't even know what that means. All I know is that when I hear something and it strikes me to the core, that it causes me to feel this very innate, intrinsic, primal essence, but at the same time, this very like, infinite and eternal cosmic divinity. And I mean, that's just amazing, right? I mean, music is, you know, what would, uh, like these vibrations, right? It's like vibrations and vibrations. Probably first, you know, started out with, with drums. You know, these vibrations, when you hear them, when you feel them, it's so primal and when and when it's good it's cosmic it's divine it's holy johann sebastian bach which is one of my favorite classical composers bach was really almost like a mystic you know and and he really was like a channel and he he has these you know these quotes that still are are available to us as his music is you know 300 400 years later um but Bach, you know, Bach said a couple of things that really struck me. He said, uh, I play the notes as they're written, but it's God who makes the music. Music is an agreeable harmony for the honor of God and the permissible delights of the soul. The final aim and reason of all music is nothing other than the glorification of God and the refreshment of the spirit. So, you know, you could say God, you could say the universe, you could say the higher power, you could say, you know, the, the infinite, the eternal, whatever it is, but we all know, you know, that, that, that bigger thing, that higher up. And man, that is just, that is the place where, where, where I want to be. 
So I've been, uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're in this, you know, situation, the COVID-19. Yeah, it's, uh, I've been writing a lot of stuff too. So go find me on Facebook because I've been writing stuff on there just about the time that we're in and what this means. And um, yeah, I think I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to recite all of the things that I've been writing and things like that. I'm, I'm sure I'll do another podcast, another solo podcast about it because as the great dude would say, new shit has come to light, man. And new shit is always coming to light. I hope new shit is coming to light for you and your work and your journey and your life. You know, that's the real zest of the human, the living human experience is to be alive, to be here, to be peculiar. <laughs> Been practicing my, my Terrence McKenna. Who is, you know, I mean, in the beginning of starting this podcast, I would just, I would binge McKenna Talks and Alan Watts and Joseph Campbell and Rupert Sheldrake and um, Graham Hancock and uh, Robert Anton Wilson. But, I, you know, I haven't, ha- I haven't listened to a good McKenna Talk in a while. Uh, and I need to. Because the guy just is one of the best. And he had me laughing. I was just in my kitchen, like, like preparing a soup that I was going to make. And it's this thought just popped into my head. And sometimes I'll just do this and I'll annoy the shit out of people around me. Because uh, I don't stop. I just keep going. And they're like, okay, yeah, it was funny the first time. But can you please stop? Uh, <laughs> you psycho. And I'm, I'm just in the kitchen. And I'm like intelligent people are not worried about pro bono proctologists from other star systems. (laughs) The mushroom energy, okay? So here's the wrap on that. Five dried grams in silent darkness. (laughs) But I, 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 I was cracking up at that. He has this talk where he talks about I forget what I forget what the talk is, but he says, you know, intelligent people are just not worried about pro bono proctologists from other star systems <laughs> paying them visits in the middle of the night, <laughs> uh, leaving secret messages in cornfields. History is an illusion. <laughs> Shout out to Ramin Nazer for reactivating my uh, love for impressions. Uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I had a lot of fun talking with Ramin a couple podcasts back, and we were throwing our impressions back and forth. Well, it's probably time to start the show. Of course, how would you know it was time to start the show if you never started a show before? You couldn't know it, could you? Still working on my Alan Watts. <laughs> Still working on my Alan Watts. He always says he always has a way of saying those things like uh, everybody wants to know the way home, but they forgot to look inside of themselves. How could you not know? You are the 
Oh, I forgot to mention Ramdas as as a person who I was listening to a lot of talks uh and still do to this day. So East Forest made an album with Ramdas, original Ramdas recordings. He tells the story in this podcast. You're gonna hear it, you're gonna love it. And if you do, please leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please leave, you know, do thing do the things that you know how to do when you like things. Share, subscribe. Tell people about it, you know, um, every, every little bit helps, whether you could just share it on your Facebook timeline or share it on your Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Tell people um, if you can uh, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or just a rating, just click five stars, really helps the show. I think, I think we have like 262 last time I checked. Would be awesome to get the 300. Just saying would be great because then people can, if you really like, you know, I get so many messages from people that are like, man, this show should be huge. This show should be big. Yeah, I, I would love it for that to happen. Um, so let's make it happen. So I can stop begging you guys. And then I, I'll just get advertisers that I'm aligned with, of course. Uh, shout out to Brew Doctor Kombucha. They sent me some stuff, but they're not an official advertiser, but they're supportive. So thank you, Brew Doctor. Um, but yeah, that would be nice to have like a groundswell of support. Or if there's people that you want to see me on their shows or them on this show, put it out there, you know, tag us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Let's get the ball. Let's get the ball moving. Okay. Um, and, uh, make things happen. Yeah. It's just fun. I love doing this. This is the, my favorite thing to do in the world. And uh, I would love to be able to fully sustain myself uh, for all eternity, to podcast forever till the end of time. Uh, and if you want to go a step further, you could please, you can go to Patreon. You could, you could please, you could go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and you can donate as little as one piece of fake fiat currency federal reserve promissory note a month as little as a dollar a month and every little bit helps and uh you could also go my, go to my website mikebrank.com b-r-a-n-c and you can go to the paypal there that i have and just do a one-time donation shout out to all the people that do that i really appreciate you i've gotten some solid donations you know who you are thank you um, and that's it. Okay, well, please also listen to East Forest by the album. All right, you got to sink in. And it's just so wonderful when you do. I mean, you know, put it on while you're meditating, put it on while you're having a little journey. There's one album in particular. It's specifically designed for that. And I'm telling you, it is the best. The best. And we talk about it. So we talk about this stuff. I don't need to talk about it. I love you guys. Thank you. I love all of you who tune in and listen and support and, and send me messages. And go follow me on Facebook where I'm writing some things more. I have a Medium account. Maybe I'll take what I'm writing on Facebook and put it on Medium. Maybe that'll be better. I don't know. But I'm doing lots of things. 
but I'm going to start doing more live stuff, so stay tuned for that. Okay, thank you. Without further ado, let's get in this conversation with the wonderful, magnificent, musical magician, East Forest. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. So just have to say, thank you. Last night was beautiful, by the way. The live stream ceremony? Oh, yeah. thanks for joining in. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in there for about almost two hours, I think. So it was it was a little over three hours and it was an experiment because you now that was so this is we're recording this on March twenty second, and as we know, things with COVID nineteen move so fast. I don't know when you're putting this out, but uh, that was about a little over a week since as a nation, really as a world, we had some massive change happening as a kind of lockdown. So I was feeling I wanted to do something in response to that and do something to feel meaningful and do something to feel connected. As you know, musicians and people who tour, I, everything stopped, everything got wiped right off the calendar. So it was also a very scary moment. And even my mother texted me, which she never texted me about music stuff and uh, work stuff she says you know you should do a ceremony online and and i at the time i didn't know how to do it i didn't know how to technically get that going and have it be of decent audio quality so i had a friend of mine who uh at a place called growing heart sanctuary that's a place where there's already a community of folks i've been working with and they wanted to host people and sort of like zoom breakout groups before and after so I do the ceremony and then afterwards I join them as a way of sort of then processing the experience for those who are doing various sacraments and going through the experience. And so it went really well. And it's like, technically I was happy it just happened and people like you were able to actually hear it and the quality was good. It's mostly about the audio. And I was, my heart was really warm that so many people found such value in it and such solace in it emotionally so I'm wanting to do it again. And also, again, I don't know when you're going to air this, but um, I, might, I might try perhaps, to put it out like tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll just announce it first on your show because I, I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, what am I going to, what do I want to do? What's calling? And I think right now, at least I'm thinking of doing this weekly as much as I can and doing some kind of system where like perhaps the, the ceremony live stream is available to, to anyone to drop in. But if you want to support my work and we want to go deeper and have some accountability and some some uh, 
some interaction together because, you know, when it's going on, I'm not interacting with the chat stream or anything, obviously. We will have a sort of a sign up, something you could sign up for that has a particular price point or sliding scale that uh, it'd be limited maybe to 40 people or 50 people. And it's a way that we could maybe join together for a couple weeks if we do it in three, three times or certainly after that experience and get in a big group Zoom where we can all talk and share and process and I can moderate that and guide that and we can get some like one-on-one too. So that's what I'm feeling right now as a way of growing into perhaps something that's more of like a council, sort of like perhaps something that's three months long or a year long where we're kind of in a large group and hopefully we get back to a point where we could gather in person. Yeah. And it becomes more about your whole development, not just this crisis, but that's acutely what we're facing right now. And so we're doing this in steps. And so the first one was great. And the next one, I think, well, it's going to be soon. And uh, I think there'll be some more added layers there for me to interact with people and people to join in. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your amazing, beautiful music. You know, I mean, it's 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 really... In, in times like these and any times really that are challenging or just, I mean, life in general is challenging, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's good to have people like you around to put those healing vibes out, you know? Yeah, this it's, it helps me too because me dropping into that space of something creative coming through, that imp- improvisational space of trying to allow your intuition to speak, which wherever that comes from, wherever the muse comes from, comes from i don't know uh it, it it makes me feel alive and so i noticed that it's sort of like touring for instance and performing can be it's it's challenging it's tiring and sometimes it's, it's really not as romantic as it sounds but it's also quite nourishing because you're out there like interacting with people you're directly exchanging energy and i never had really stopped doing it <laughs> for the last many years and so this is a weird prospect for me. And I noticed how it was making me feel emotionally. And it, was, um, it wasn't it was a relief. It was kind of a, a panic. And just like anybody, all the other, all of my humanity starts coming up over this last week from everything else happening. And I felt nourished last night because I felt purposeful and I felt connected to people and uh, I felt needed. And we all want to feel we're in our purpose and our flow. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I want to do more as long as it feels sustainable for me. And I feel like people are supporting back. I mean, I I thank everyone who made donations. I think I want to do it in a way that's a little bit more formalized so that, uh, and offer something additional. But yeah, it was fun, man. It's fun just to like be in this studio here, just me and my my girlfriend. And that was it. (laughs) Just You're just like hit record or stream or whatever. And like, I hope this is working. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you were, you were right here last night. I was, was, (laughs) you know, meditating for a portion of it. And, you know, I mean, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, man, improvise, like being in the moment, being in flow. Wow. Like that is. And I, I think I heard you say that you recorded the the Mushroom album that way as well. I did not sure. know. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person I love. I used to do stand-up comedy. I do podcasting now. Like, I just, I love podcasting. I had a bunch of live shit going on, too, that I, you know, canceled or whatever. So I'm trying yeah. to put out as much as I can. 
but I don't, I don't script. I don't prepare. I just love being in the moment. I feel so alive. I feel so in tune and you're doing that too. And you're putting out five and a half hours of music like that. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm happy to tell you about that mushroom album because it's, uh, considering the topic of your show, I think you'll find it pretty interesting, but indeed well, last a very, night, uh, healing journey to it. I was blown oh, away. Good. I mean, all right. Good. So, so real quick, I'll just not to interrupt you here, but just real quick. So you have some, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. We got time. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I would lead journeys, uh, for myself, for others. And at the time I knew of, uh, wave paths, I think, put out this Mendel yeah Mendel Mendel thing. and yeah. Brian Eno and so I was mm -hmm. like looking at some of that and then also Johns Hopkins the the playlist that they had so I was using mm -hmm. that and um when I came when I had a journey with your music <laughs> I mean I'm like this is it this is this this is it this is the stuff right <clears throat> yeah it's here. A different very different than those playlists and I could talk a lot about why they're different uh and they are different um and I think those playlists are deficient, in my opinion. That's why I made that record. Mm. Um, they're missing a lot of aspects that can make for a more successful experience, particularly, particularly with psilocybin. Um, so, yeah, I wrote a little op-ed about that. Um, that was in Flood Magazine, where I really spell out like how I made that record and why and what's going on in it that makes it different. So if people are into that, they can search that. Um, but... The key of it, and as last night, last night I was trying to say to people when I was trying to describe what we we're going to be doing, I was like, this is not a concert. Like, I'm not going to be up here. I didn't play any of my quote unquote hits. You know, I didn't play any of the Ram Dass album. I didn't play any of the songs that people play on Spotify because I want to be in a space to uh, allow something new to come forth. And that means it, it's going to be slower and maybe patient. And there are going to be times where I hit it in a pocket and there be times where I'm like, this is not really the pocket, but that's me opening up to something else wanting to come through. And I'm hoping that's the things that I invite in, you know, the spirit of uh, the psilocybin, the mushrooms, or uh, my ancestors, or my higher self, whatever that is I'm working with. And just sort of something bigger than my ego, you know, bigger than just my little mind versus the big mind. And that's something, a space that I'm very familiar in because that's how I've been creating music for over a decade. And I started making my music in the mushroom space. So the first record I made was the education of the individual soul, which is still up and it's still my first East Forest record, but I didn't know it was going to even be a record. It was 2008 in New York City and I was going through a lot of personal change and collapse. And I was discovering medicine work, whether it was ayahuasca or San Pedro or sweat lodges. or And psilocybin had been something that was a bit of an ally for me in my life, but I, I had no guidance or elders with it, and it wasn't couched inside any tradition. But I had had experiences with it on music that I wanted to replicate because it had taken me to a certain place at moments that was just unbelievable, some kind of infinite soul space. I just wanted to get in touch with that. It felt very real. And so I started making music to uh, help help take me that to help, help you know reliably maybe I could go back into that space and looking at what I could find out about sound science and what I could learn from these indigenous ceremonies and how they were using sound and music and I just started putting that all into the cooker and making a soup of just what I like, but it was just supposed to be for me, 
And after a year, I had about an album's worth and I, I laid down and I took some mushrooms and when they came on, I put the headphones on and I hit play on that album as a way of honoring at least what inspired me to make it. And man, it was just the most incredible journey I've ever had in my life. It was full of synchronicities, of course. And I had just started doing like field recording in nature, but places I went. And so I was actually hearing all the people and places I'd went and met over the last year. Like my mother was in there. And oh, wow. So it was like this, it was like listening to my journey over the last year and it was set to music. And so it was so beautiful and personal and it, it propelled me into this like new sense of being, like shedding some kind of skin. And I remember standing up after I was done and feeling like I had truly stepped into a new a new stage of my life. Like there's there's before and now there's after. Wow. And um, long story short, I that was good enough for me. That was like the most beautiful thing in the world. It was like my my. Uh, soul had tricked my ego into making this piece of art that I could use as a tool in that moment to propel me <laughs> into where I needed to go. And that alone was just like, I, I still get tear up thinking about it. And, and I started sharing it with other friends, close friends, and then uh, they were having powerful experiences. And I was like, that's interesting. I thought it would just be personal to me. And I had one friend in particular who just started organizing circles for me to lead and to play music, to guide people. He just really was believing in this sort of like a new shamanic tradition. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing it. And through doing that over up to, you know, over, over 10 years, you start to develop a protocol. You start to develop to see what works, what doesn't work uh, from a musical standpoint, um, from sort of the arc of the experience, the whole thing. So after many hundreds of people, you just learn a lot. And so we're doing our own anecdotal research in that sense. And we've picked up a lot. And it's going through the filter of my own taste, obviously. But I had released albums in the past that were excerpts from these live ceremonies. And they're live and they're improvised, not a performance. I'm just trying to be inspired. And, you know, I would take a little medicine. So I felt like it was coming through me too. And, uh, after 10 years, I just felt like, you know, I've been sort of dancing around this for a long time. I've never explicitly said what this is for and what it is. And so I decided to release a record that was the whole ceremony, not just excerpts from it. So it's a five-hour album and call it Music for Mushrooms, a soundtrack for the psychedelic practitioner. And I thought, you know, I looked at those playlists and stuff and what's been out there. And I was like, this is nowhere near good enough <laughs> like yeah. none of this music was written for mushrooms none of it right it's right. still it's good music but right. it's like it's too short i could tell you all the reasons why i'm like it's not ideal right and what it's missing and i was like so instead of complaining about it i was like i'll offer a solution and so i released it wasn't even sure if you could release an album that long on spotify and itunes and so forth and like I, it took me about a year to master it and get it out and when i put it out I think two days later, Denver's initiative passed. Yeah. And then yeah. two weeks later, Oakland's. So A perfect <laughs> timing, like, man. Yeah. Everyone said, Oh, you yeah, great timing. I was like, Man, I've been doing this for ten years and like that was planned a year ago that we got this one out. So it is yeah. it is an amazing cultural wave though. 
I can't help but so you know think somehow the mushrooms helped conspire in this as well. Yeah, you you think? know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know the mycelial web connecting us all and and spurting you know sprouting this out. Yeah, yeah, I helped uh, with that campaign here. I mean, it was a real grassroots effort here in Denver. You know, oh, it was real fantastic, real people just you know hitting the pavement. You know, just ordinary regular regular Joes as they say. And, Good for uh, you. Yeah, it went it went through and and it and it, and it, it I mean it's it was just yeah and so now it's um now we're living in that space and it's great and to have such a thing, you know it's um because you're right I I have had playlists on before and I've been in that medicine space and sometimes it's like oh you know what the next track that's coming on it's not really I'm not really feeling it it's not really in the tune that I want to be in right now it's it's a little jarring maybe at first I thought it was going to be okay but it's not really or you know just trying to curate and craft the perfect playlist my god how many hours like you waste doing that but when I put this on I mean it was just beauty ethereal luminous like just magnificent magnificence uh you know it was like it was like like holy almost you know like uh i mean almost it totally was mm. uh so yeah just that i mean amazing really truly amazing and, plus, uh, plus man things like the field recordings like the nature sounds oh, yeah. we all know that's a good thing with mushrooms so it's like bringing mm -hmm. in this cohesive glue of the sound of wilderness throughout the experience is awesome. And it's like very soothing and it's also very inspiring and very ethereal and spiritual. And then the songs being very long and having slow kind of yeah. builds and tension and release. And then it kind of goes away. It gives you time to be in a particular sonic architecture. Like you're in a room, yes. you know, and the, and the music, music has been the central element of every ceremony for millennia sung mm -hmm. usually or a rattle i mean it is the vehicle of the ceremony so to make it an afterthought to say like well let's get some playlists together and try to figure out what's best i'm like you guys this should be one of the first things you should be doing research on figuring out like the musicology of this is critical yes. and the fact that they're having great results is heartwarming and awesome i just thought like you could have even better results if you could just make this be like the number two thing underneath like the medicine itself and the efficacy of that and the potency mm -hmm, purity mm -hmm. yes 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 and uh so i i spent some time living in the amazon with the shipibo tribe at ayahuasca center in, in peru and in, in the jungle and uh they you know I'll, a lot of people i think have a tendency to think it's just the medicine, you know, you just, you drink the ayahuasca, whatever, but the Icaros is really it, what yes. they say. The Icaros, yes. the Icaros, that is the technology, the, the, what they learn from the plants. They consume the plants, they consume the medicine and they learn the songs and they sing the songs. And let me tell you, that is some of the most powerful stuff I've ever experienced. I've literally had uh, ayahuasqueros, Shipibo women, uh, men, singers rip things out of me through song, you know, like it's, 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 it's happened. And, uh, and being in the jungle and hearing the frogs and hearing the rain and mm -hmm. oh my mm -hmm. God. I mean, so when I, right. when I was listening to, to your music with that, it just, it, it was like, this is, this is perfection, you know? Yes, it was perfect. Oh. Yeah. Let me speak to those Icaros for a second. So yeah, that's a please. great example. Like ayahuasca is almost entirely inside the container of the ceremony 
you, you never, I almost have never heard of people doing ayahuasca recreationally, aside from the fact that it's a challenge, <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, no, yeah, yeah, you usually don't, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's locked into its device, which is essentially the songs, right? Mm -hmm. As you said, that's the, the technology of the ceremony. Now, mushrooms, on the other hand, it's the complete reversal. It's almost exclusively done recreationally, and it's not coming embedded with it this cultural heritage of ceremony and tradition. It has a little bit of that, but we don't have it. Right. And so it's more prevalent uh, in use, and people have stumbled into all sorts of wonderful mystical experiences and also many challenging experiences. But what most people I've found probably 95% have never sat in ceremony with mushrooms. They've never sat in that container of a ceremony experience and given the medicine the space to really speak to them and give it the stillness so it can do its, its work. And there was no like, well, I'll just pay for this ceremony and it's millennia old tradition and they'll just do the thing that you don't have it. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're a bit adrift. And so I, I felt a real need given the popularity of psilocybin, given its uh, resurgence in in research and in culture now, uh, we need a new American shamanic tradition for that yeah. medicine. And I've said, I've, you know, some of us have been building this for 10 years and let us share with you what we know because it really helps, it really does. And uh, there's nothing wrong with us learning from the past and learning from all these wonderful traditions and saying, we can build something new that is that speaks to us, speaks to our musical traditions that we understand, that's familiar to us, that's soothing and also very powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I'm so on board with you because I've been thinking about that for a while, you know, like we really need healing that speaks in the language for our people in our time and our place in history and our mythology, you know, building a mythology. We don't even have, we don't have one really, you know? So, so, you know, I'm uh, Joseph Cam, I'm a huge fan of Joseph Campbell. And he talks about, you know, the, these mythologies, they can, they communicate a lot of similar things, stories, but each one is painted in different kinds of flavors and textures to fit for that particular time period then and there, you know, for those people and for that time. And right. I think that's what we need now too. So I'm a hundred percent on the same page with you, this like American shamanic kind of, you know, uh, uh, position to take because it's, you know, it, and it's like paying homage, paying respect to the traditional ways, but making it something that's, that's our own that can, that can heal us in the ways that we need to be healed and the ways that we can understand, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I'm so just grateful to be living in a time period right now where we have this kind of resurgence and we have, you know, the availability to, to do this stuff. And, and thankfully that it's becoming more and more mainstream and you can actually release an album that says, you know, f <laughs> for mushrooms, you know, like, yeah, because, I had to get some advice on that one, but, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. I was like, can I do it? this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and just all the, you know, the research and everything. So it's, it's helping people because like you said, I, you know, when I grew up, I, th I think the first time I took mushrooms, 
I don't know, it was at like a party or something. And, you know, me and my friends just kind of like goofing around or something. And, uh, but a lot of, a lot of people, actually my, my ex-girlfriend told me she, she was a little nervous and I, I was going to sit for her on a journey and, and she was a little nervous because she said she took mushrooms. I I think I, she said I ate a little too many mushrooms at a disco biscuits concert once and I freaked out and I'm like, yeah. You know, these are powerful, you know, these are powerful yeah. little, little oh, I've tricksters. I've heard some stories that just, my heart goes out to people. I, I met a guy who uh, ended up in jail because of a bad trip. Oh, I mean, man. And, and it was just like, never should have happened. Like he took mushrooms and he didn't know anything. He was just like a punk and he was out just like being silly and confused. And he went in a store and he's really just confused. And so he took stuff with him out gets arrested for shoplifting or something. A police shows up. He's still confused. So now it's resisting arrest. Now it gets up to a felony and like assault on a police officer or something. And he ended up two years in jail. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I mean, that talk about trauma. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always so, thought, are you familiar with the Zendo project? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like I always thought it would be it'd be great if we just if instead of having like police that we had more people that were like that. You know, just imagine if someone was freaking out or you know they're kind of confused. You could just have people that can calmly escort them to a comfortable or, location or, or train the police. You know, in in yeah. those techniques, it'd be because a one hour seminar. It's like as long as I'm not saying they all have the compassion to do it, but many do. Yeah, and it's like they just don't know what it's like, so it's like train them. Right, and dose them, yeah. No. <laughs> it, I think it would be wonderful if a requirement of any government job was like you have to have certain levels of uh, psychedelic experience, you know, certainly to be president. But yeah, uh, I think, yeah, anytime you're making those sorts of decisions that, that involve and affect other people, you need to have a self-awareness or certainly helps. Yeah, when you when you are commanding control of of a large collective consciousness, you know maybe you should tap into the the entire arena of that consciousness a little bit more. You know, yeah, yeah. definitely we should we should require that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you're you're also you did a the the Ramdas album, which is beautiful as well. I mean, my God, it's it's and it's all recordings of Ramdas that are new recordings that you recorded with him yeah. right yeah it's yeah like, it's like poetry it's it's oh, he's, it's he's just he was just incredible i mean that was such a trip because he's just been a lion in my life for so long and i had this idea and i reached out and the fact that they said yes and then i i somehow convinced them to let me fly to maui and sit with him and record more stuff when he's spoken a lot over the years. I think there's there's about 15,000 hours in their archives of his talks over the years. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I need some more. And But what was so beautiful about it was that Ram Dass was totally game. He was 88 years old at the time. He was not that well physically, great spiritually and, and mentally, but he wanted I wanted him to speak to what's happening now. And I wanted him to choose what he wanted to share in relevance to people maybe who haven't heard of him and certainly even people who have. But, and I also had a, a sort of sound vision to really put a really beautiful mic in front of him and just capture the sort of depth and intensity of, of his wisdom. For, you could hear it in his voice and have that be the central figure in the song. And so being there, man, was 
unbelievable, just unbelievable to sit with him and be alone in a room and get a few days to record. Um, it changed my life. Wow. Absolutely. It was such an amazing experience. Yeah. Did you, did you get a feeling I've never been around Ram Dass, but I'm such a fan, you know, I've, I've listened to so many of his talks and his books and, you know, really consider him to be one of my greatest teachers as well. Um, but I, what was it like being around him? Cause he, Ram Dass describes what it's like being around Maharaji and that kind of energy. And I wonder, right. does he carry that with him as well? It comes through him for sure. Uh, he gave me an unbelievable amount of presence like just such pure presence. That was something that I took as a teaching of what I could offer other people at any time. And he gives uh, such love too, and to people he doesn't even know that well. He just instantly would go right to seeing you as a soul, not a, a ego or a person. And just like all souls are beautiful. And so he's just giving love, love, love. It's just like this joyful, giving energy, smiles and I attention, you know, it's none of this, like we have to get to know each other first stuff. Right. Um, that was just awesome. Um, and beyond that, he's inside, he, or the, well, he's passed away, but he, mm -hmm. he was in this beautiful Maui home and he had a lot of support and helpers, but there were a lot of like doors and gates, so to speak, metaphorically to get through in order to be able to spend time with him. I mean, I realized at the moment I was sitting with him how rare that is because even if you get to meet him, there's usually all sorts of other people around. Um, it's a group of people or there's an event going on or there's just some helpers around or Dasima, which is his number one kind of boss. And there was no one. It was just, and I was like, this is like the spiritual White House, I felt like. <laughs> like how the hell did I weasel my way in here, you know? <laughs> and, and he was just so so giving. Um, that's something, uh, I'll never forget. He, he gave me a, a spiritual name. We, you know, he, just the fact that he trusted me to, to, to take his time and take his work and transmit it through my own efforts and, and creativity and put it out there in the world. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know for myself, if the, if the tables were turned, I'd be quite, I'd be like, okay, who is this? Let's, you know, is this the right thing? Is you know, something about him just trusted it, and yeah, he, pr he probably him and the people around him probably sensed something in you, you know, that that was pure, right? Like only, only, only uh, those who are pure of heart can rip the sword out of the stone, or you know, whatever the the well, thing is. Well, I don't so. know to be honest, <laughs> but I mean, just like the maybe the mushrooms were guiding the mushroom album for sure. Uh, Maharaji, his guru. Yeah. had a lot to do with the creation of that record. And I still feel he's a big creation in my life and, uh, and what he is and what he represents, you know, he's embodying the same thing that the mushrooms are embodying in my mind. It's sort of the all that is, it's the selflessness of no self. And um, he wasn't it more than he was an embodiment of it. There was just no one there is what everyone would say. And that's what was so mesmerizing and would draw them in just like moths to a flame because there was a purity of consciousness that was just this unconditional love, even though he could be quite harsh and all sorts of things, but it didn't, that didn't matter. He just had this, uh, this purity of, of being alive. And so I, I had a whole experience and journey with Maharaji that began about two years before I was sitting with Ram Dass and I, I could totally see the connection of like, how I kind of opened myself up to him and saying like, hey, I, you know, it was a time where I was getting divorced and I was having a tough time. And I just said to him at one point, I was reading a book about him and how people, 
uh, can just print out a picture and, and work with the guy. And I was like, right. I had nothing to lose. <laughs> so right. yeah. Yeah. I printed a picture of the first one that came up on the internet, put it on my wall and I was just staring at it every night. And one day I was like, Hey, Maharaji, look, I'm fucking struggling. I need help. And if you can help me, I'll take it. I will listen. And various things started to unfold in my life. And I'm just saying that when I was sitting there with Ramdas and the door shut, and I hit record and Ramdas for the first time turns over me. I'm sitting on a chair about a few feet away and he's in a recliner and he looks at me and we're, we're just looking at each other's eyes and just eye gazing. And it was really intense and it was really beautiful, but I'm also nervous. And I'm just like experiencing this intensity of his smile and gaze at me. We're just eye gazing. I'm like, oh my God. That's when I had that hit of like, how did I get in here? This is happening. And I look just over his shoulder and on the bookshelf behind him is a picture of Maharaji and it's Maharaji laughing. And it, and all of a sudden the room started to like, you know, it does that move where he goes backwards and the room goes forward. <laughs> and, like, mm. and I felt like, oh my God, all this time my mind was like, okay, I need to do this and I need to say this thing and they'll let me do this. And it was all like I had, I had convinced them to let me do this and I've been very business-like, so to speak. And I was like, oh, I'm this is guided by Maharaji. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, you're telling me Maharaji knows who I am? <laughs> and I was like, and then I was blew my mind open thinking we're all in the same thing. And like, I, I'm not separate. I'm not a fly on the wall. I, we're all under his blanket, so to speak. We're all part of the same consciousness. And I looked back at Ramdas and he's just smiling and like nodding at me. <laughs> he knows. I was like, Oh my God, I get it. Oh man. Wow. And then I just asked a question and we were off to the races, you know? Wow. Oh my God. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Holy cow, man. That is, I, I mean, I've had moments that are similar, but not like that, but that, but when he looked at you and kind of smiled and nodded, like that must have, <laughs> you know, say a it's, word. it's yeah. like this like cosmic kind of, uh, you know, comedy kind of thing where it's like, yeah, you know what's going on. We all know what's going on. You orchestrated this. I know you did. Like you can't even put words to it. It's just like a feeling, right? Yeah. Oh, you know man. how, like when you have a deep trip, um, and afterwards, and you both had the same medicine. It was really intense. There's nothing mm -hmm. you can say. Like you right. just look at each other yeah. and you kind of had that same like nodding and all of the information is in yes. the gaze. It was sort <laughs> yeah. of like that. It was like, what do you want me to say? There's nothing I can say. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. it's all of this. Here it is. I'm giving it to you right now. <laughs> so I, what do you like that? I mean, what do you think that is? You think it's just be like you're, you've, you've just tapped into a plane of consciousness that is in this particular frequency that Maharaji's in and Ramdas is in, and now you're in it. And I'm sure other people are tapping into it at various times and locations on the planet. You, you think it's something like that? Like, I think we're all in it is what I'm saying. There's nothing special about me. We, yeah. As Ramdas would say, we, we change the channels. We can flip through different channels of consciousness or planes of consciousness. And we, we go through them at all different times. That's what it means to be incarnate. You know, the other night I was having a really tough night. I felt it was like panic attack feelings with everything that's going on. And then like and two nights later, I'm doing this, or last night I'm doing the ceremony and I'm tapping into planes of other consciousness that are like, feel like that Maharaji consciousness, this sort of Buddha consciousness that I'm allowing, there's moments where I'm on that plane 
And that's open to all of us because that's, that is what our antenna can receive. It's uh, practice is what allows us to move between these these planes with more grace. Practice is what allows us to be able to, I don't want to say stay in a particular plane because it seems to be the engine of our incarnation is to move between them. Just like when you, you meditate, you fall in and out of the meditation. So do you breathe in and out. So do you sleep and wake. So do we live and we die. Everything is in this dualistic binary, even our computers. Right. Uh, that is the playing board we're on. So to me, it seems that we're meant to be moving through planes. And our job is not so much to uh, try to attach to anything. As a Buddha said, it's all impermanent. But our job is to watch that show go by and to have as much compassion as we can ha have as we fall from grace, gain grace, go here, go there. Um, and you're just sort of witnessing it from the seat of your soul. It's another mm -hmm. thing Ram Dass would speak about and he talks about on the Ram Dass album at times. And look, easier said than done. But you have to admit, like, why else? If we were going to devise like the ultimate way to have a soul's journey, why wouldn't it be the most epic, the most crazy, beautiful thing you could ever possibly imagine your wildest dreams? And that is exactly what life is. Like the sickest, most beautiful, most horrible, most amazing, funniest, darkest, with dreams upon dreams upon dreams, artwork, sex. I mean, I couldn't, there is nothing my brain could ever come up with that would be more epic than what we have. Yeah, it's like, oh man, it's just, it's so mind-blowing. And and when you have a psychedelic experience, a profound psychedelic experience, a healing psychedelic experience, or when you come in contact with other people on the path, on the journey, you know, finding the others and connecting with them, people like you, people like, you know, who we try and align ourselves with and, and, and join in community with and connect with, that we all kind of help each other too by because we forget you know we get we get plugged in you know this this um Colombian healer that I that I worked with uh, said something so simple you know so simple but it's always stuck with me and I bring it up all the time he's he just simply said you know that we forget and we, we have to remember <laughs> and other people forget and we have to remind them and and when we forget they will they'll remind us and it's like yeah like and then Ramdas has the great you know we're all just walking each other home you know and it's like really yeah, yeah. that's we're kind of just you know we yeah we fall off we get back up someone lends us a hand it's it's a it's kind of a beautiful <sighs> thing we mm. just have to remember my friend <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 meant to have challenges and things that we press up against that are hard because that's the point and right now with the COVID-19 situation we are going through a particularly intense period yeah and it's one that's calling forth a tremendous amount of presence and bravery and there's no other medicine we can bring to it and if that's if if we can do things to sort of bring us back to uh, the present moment whatever practices we can do anything we can do to do that is is going to be what helps us through so we still have to chop the wood carry the water still have to go buy the food and find the toilet paper so to speak but <laughs> uh, that's not that's not that's like the map not the territory in a way mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder. I was wondering maybe you know if we should do like if this conversation was going to be a break or from it or but you know really I'm 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 open and I'm up for whatever's coming up in the moment you know so if we want to talk about that but I think it's it's been on my mind a lot you know and I've been and I've been taking a lot of different kind of I've been thinking about it a lot and what this means and what this Rudolf Steiner quote was coming to me uh, that I was remembering about how he was talking about people in challenging times like it, it, it requires so much more of us now to f- to for like to be spiritual to to be human to be fully human like we have to put in you know the a little bit more work and a little bit more time and we have to you know kind of step up a little bit more in times like this uh and yeah i i think i can't help but think that this is a an opportunity for people to to really hold space and hold a little light and hold a little warmth for those who are maybe feeling ungrounded and you know um, and maybe something maybe something wonderful will be birthed out of this as well you know I don't know what do you think what do you think is going I, on I think absolutely can't not have things be birthed out of this this is going to create fundamental change on our planet and on a personal level now whether that you know do I think it will propel us into any kind of utopia no of course not. But I do hope that it, it will lay bare some of the holes we have in our society that we've all known are there. But there's many of them. I mean, anything from the notion that vaccines are, are strictly bad, obviously, <laughs> is not probably a popular argument right now, to the need for uh, wider availability of health care or universal health care would be a tremendous advantage right now, not having to worry about paying several hundred dollars, potentially, if you go to the doctor or being charged tens of thousands of dollars if you get sick. I mean, it's it's, it's insane. Right. Or to people who don't have uh, child care and, and or, or, or the per, how we don't have much of a socialized retirement here. And if you're 75 and have diabetes and you're an Uber driver because you hurt yourself, you still have to drive that car. That's that to me is morally wrong. Like, why can't we take care of people? We're a very rich country. Let's allocate some money and move it around. I know it's challenging to do politically, but perhaps, perhaps um, this will shake a few of those, uh, the dust off some of those mirrors and we can see the cracks in our system with a bit more honesty. Uh, and then on a personal level, man, it, this, the, it, when you take away a lot of your identity and a lot of people that's involved with their work and their busyness, and when you just say like, what's being asked of us now is to really be pausing, that can be a very, very anxiety rich environment for all of us. But for some folks, if you haven't done any work on yourself, you might not who, know really who you are, even in the slightest. And through that crisis, I think there can be a lot of learning, whether that's a dark night of the soul or not. It inevitably, you're going to be faced with some things perhaps you've been avoiding. And I'm hoping we can put out as much compassion and tools like the ceremony we did last night. I want to do more of them as a way of providing some kind of solace and providing some kind of way to have people do some introspection in a way that feels positive and not just like a panic attack, um, but it feels like there's actually some learning going on and some growth where it's like, oh, I'm standing on something a bit stronger because uh, here we are on March 22nd recording this. I think the next one to three weeks is going to be quite intense. 
for mm-hmm. our country and for many communities. And I spoke to some people who are doctors in New York, New York City and just uh, north of New York uh, yesterday who are part of the ceremony. We we're in the breakout groups and they're already saying like what they're going through is like what Italy is experiencing and they're seeing it coming in a week. And they're like, we have, we're giving one mask a day and it's not even an N95 mask because we don't have enough and we don't have enough rooms. We don't have enough supplies. This is like major expensive hospitals in New York, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, and there's no solution. There's no help coming. And it's a, it's a, it's bad. And we're seeing the wave coming and there's, it's unavoidable. It's going to come. And they're going to be faced with making some really, really bad decisions mm. about life and death in a, right here in, in one of the richest countries in the world. So that's happening and we can't avoid that. And we're going to start seeing uh, more quarantine, more orders that you can't go outside, uh, m- more economic distress, more problems that don't have solutions, whether it's like people don't have the money to go buy three weeks of food, let alone two months of food. They don't have it. Let, now they're not working. And now they, they got laid off and they have no health care or they have a bunch of kids and the kids' only meal that they got was at school, at lunch. Right. That's another societal hole. We should fix these things. <laughs> so we unfortunately don't have answers on a top-down level for these right now. And uh, that is uh, a deep crisis that's going to be laid bare even more. And it's asking us from the bottom up to help from the the very small level, like who do I know? Even if it's my parents and maybe a, a neighbor or whoever, and I'm just like, can I help you? Like, how can I help you? Maybe I have extra cans of this thing, or maybe you really need me to do this one thing that you can't get hired help to do anymore, and I can do that safely. It could be anything. Or we were just talking today about like we should send a note to all of our neighbors on our street that we don't know, which is a weird travesty. Right. Like, we should all um, come out on the street on X night for 20 minutes and just like say hi from six feet away and like, okay, well now we're all connected. Like <laughs> that should happen. And if that's what comes out of this, things like that, it's a start. But I, I feel that we're in a birth canal, Mike, and it's like, we can't see what's at the other end of it. It's dark, it's bloody, it's violent, there's screams, there's pain, but something is being born and it, it may or may not go well, but it's in its process that we can't stop at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's it really is a, a great revealing time right now. You know, the sort of the the curtain has been pulled back, and the little, you know, there's no one behind the wheel. It's like the emperor has no clothes. Right. In, in response to Trump, for sure. It's like he, oh there's nothing God, he yeah. can do. No. You know, he can make yeah. things worse. He already has, but he could certainly make it worse. And I have concerns politically about uh, power grabs or surveillance, you know, like a new like Patriot Act being put into place after 9-11, which is still around, you know? Yeah. And so they'll say, well, now we need more surveillance. They'll have all these reasons why. And um, that stuff is really hard to reverse once it goes into place, let alone delaying an election or saying the election is invalid because of this reason or that reason. It'd be very easy. They have they have the powers to force people to stay home in counties that are like the things that would decide an election that are minorities who decide that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, totally. That yeah. could be very easy to do. And there's no way to, they could, they could say like, no, it's, it's for public health. 
you know? Right. It wouldn't yeah. even be that Machiavellian on the surface. Right. That's the scariest thing is that because people are so afraid right now that they will almost do anything for a little for safety, security and comfort. Right. And that's that's always been the play. I, you know, I, I did a solo podcast about this a couple weeks ago and just kind of, uh, you know, went off about what I was thinking and feeling. And, and one of the quotes that I use a lot is um, from uh, Hermann Goering one of Hitler's like right-hand men in the in Nazi Germany when he 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 was at the Nuremberg trials and he basically said you know he's like look like of course people don't want you know to to join up and go to war and do all this stuff but when people are scared they'll do anything and and we'll convince them to do it and we'll we'll denounce the pacifists as being not patriots and you know mm -hmm. the other mm -hmm. people will turn on them it's like yeah man mm -hmm. when you when you put that fear out there and the news is just pumping it's just the fear factory and you know they get people's tensions up and their cortisol levels are all high and everybody's stressed the you know it's that's the scariest thing but there's also it's also a good time right now because we have we have other people we have people that are you know waking up and we have people that are are trying to heal and we have people that are trying to do things in a positive direction too so it's a very in interesting time and we'll see what comes out of it and um but yeah i mean i i can't help but think of like just the the systems that are in place um and how <laughs> how just yeah it the illusion is 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 revealed you know it's like the it's the veil has it, been it, lifted if anything it's been that way for the past three years because you're like we've had a buffoon running the government and everything's continued on so it's sort of like oh it really is kind right. of a show yep but just to give a little bit of hope to this uh, i want to say that i really do believe in the human spirit and Underneath the fear, what we want and, and what is inherent in us is that brotherly love. We just need to let go of that limbic part of our brain that says it's safe to do so. And so it really is on our personal power and our own responsibility to bring that level of presence because going into the future about the fear or certainly any regrets about the past is not going to help us. Yes, we need to prepare on certain levels, but beyond that, which is really just a little bit of staying informed and doing a few things, you need to decide how much you're going to input in of all this news, especially the stuff that's negative and not found. It's, there's infinite possibilities of what could happen, including positive things. So you really don't know. And so in that sense, you know, prepare for what we can and what we know. But beyond that, we have to just stay, we have to stay really present here and not allow that fear to take over because we are on the, we are on the brink of something. And it's an, we don't want to fall over where it's like it's about I'll protect mine and, and you have to deal with yours because that's not the future we want and that's not sustainable. That's not how it, it hasn't been sustainable. Right. I, yeah. I was, yeah. I was in New York after 9-11. I was there when it happened and I Yeah, me too. I, yeah. Saw it. I grew yeah. up in New York. And, yeah. Okay. So you remember the week after, right? Oh my God. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. Mm. I mean, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking to each other. It's just like this is the only thing we were talking about. There was no like, like the gangbanger and me would talk in the subway and like, what do you, th what do you think of that, man? Look at that. And right. he talk. I never would talk to this guy otherwise, you know? And uh, there was an open heartedness of just the, of just like, we're all in this together. Um, yes. That, that's there. That is there. And that is very present right now too. And that, and so there's much beauty happening of people just wanting to help and companies trying to figure out how to help and doing what they can. And that is real. That's real. So it's important to recognize that almost an equal measure to the fear, there's sort of this upwelling 
of beauty. It's just, it's sometimes difficult to, to see and hear through the noise. Yeah, totally. And I was in New York during Hurricane Sandy as well. Um, and I remember I was, I lived in the Lower East Side. Uh, and Uh-oh. yeah, and, and it was, it, I, I lived actually, I, I wasn't really affected. The power was out and stuff, but you know, there, along the river, along the East River, you know, the trees were all ripped up. The roots were all ripped up. There was flooding that came in a little bit, but I was okay. But I remember the uh, the day after like everything kind of went down and then going outside like i had never seen anything like this before in new york people were walking up to each other and are you okay do you need anything you know people are using pay phones waiting in lines yeah. handing people quarters and you know bodegas were right. open and it was just it was just it was just incredible it was amazing and uh christopher ryan who wrote uh civilized to death he writes he wrote about this uh susan son son I forget her, her last name. Disaster sociologist like wrote about how when in these bad times we think that it's going to be chaos and panic and you know anarchy and all this stuff, but it's really uh, people come together. Like she had all these studies that show, and and I witnessed it firsthand, and you witnessed it firsthand too. You know, people coming together, checking on each other. That that's the true human spirit and human condition. It's only these systems that we've allowed to kind of exist on you know, autopilot or whatever that, that, that rip that away from us. Right. Like you were talking about before, not even knowing your neighbors. So weird. Me, me, you know, it's like, it's just such a weird thing. It's a, we live in a, a very strange, weird time. Maybe this old, this old kind of story of separation as, uh, the great Charles Eisenstein would say is, is eroding and maybe a new story is going to be born. You know? It's eroding. It, were you in yeah. New York for, uh, that great blackout? Yes. Were you for their, that was yeah. incredible. It was in August. That was the most amazing because, if you, okay, there were no burglar alarms. Okay. Everything was out in the whole city. So yeah. you'd think like, oh my God, this is going to be bad. Like cell phones didn't work because people can just do anything they want. They can take anything. They'll get away with it. Right. Yeah. No cameras are working. There was like no crime. Right. And instead everyone came out and had like candlelit dinners because it was hot night, like outside. And all the, it was like the streets were dark for the first time ever in New York, which is Mm -hmm. a kind of cool, weird experience. And like people used their cars to light up a pizza place and the pizza place was making free pizzas for people. I mean, Mm. it was just like, it was amazing. I was like, oh my God. It was like the, in New York City, it was the exact opposite of what people's fears were. It it was like a weird utopia came in. You know, and it's like, it's it's amazing. I mean, something about our human condition that we wait almost until the crisis point to act that way. But we we have a choice. We can act this way. We can help people. You know, we can give people for people that don't have enough. You know, we can help support others. We can do that. It's a uh, it's really about these choices that we have to make. We don't have to wait for these disasters, you know, to happen. But maybe maybe that's maybe those are the things I oftentimes thought, you know, maybe that is the thing that wakes us up. You know, sometimes you need, you know, like a really challenging ceremony, you know, for example, you know, where it's you're just shaken to your core and you're like, wow, that was a really challenging event. And then you need that integration period afterwards to process it. Maybe, uh, maybe we're experiencing something like that on like a, a global level, you know? Absolutely. My friend. And you're right. It is, it is human psychology to Nate, to need a, a big push to often make change. And that is true. And so, um, you certainly have the ability to make that change, but that's often what's happened. And we are going through that globally. We have been in a slower fashion, 
with things like global warming and economic crisis and peak everything, peak oil, peak peak topsoil, you know, name name your crisis, Fukushima. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just in a very, very concentrated, fast way. I mean, I come on, a week ago, your life was very different. One week. Yeah. And in that week, every day of every day, every few hours was changing rapidly with with like serious big news. So right. Yeah, a few weeks it's ago, an it was accelerated making, time. Accelerated, yeah, it's super accelerated. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I was I was making jokes about this. I was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> I I just didn't, you know, I don't know. It could, you know, why I think because I'd been conditioned by the media to by the media hype or whatever, you know, SARS, MERS, Zika. Like I remember Zika might have been the last one, and people were freaking out about that. And I, you know, I don't know. I just I don't I don't. Get that button doesn't get pressed in me right away. You know the freak out button. Sure, and that's understandable because they've cried wolf so many times. But I, for one, I'm, I'm a bit. I guess I'm a bit of a worrier. But I also has been tracking this. I was in China in November, and I this happened in December in China, and so I was just sort of like really paying attention to what was happening there. I think because I was just there, and when I was reading into the details about the virus and how it's spreading, I, I said to my partner, I was like, this is going to come here and it's not going to be very long and they're not going to be able to stop it. Like it's going to have to run its course. And as it was moving, I, I told her several weeks back, I was like, I think we should go get a bunch of food because it's going to be hard to do. And she, she, she said, sure. And we did it. And I remember we were at the grocery store buying all the stuff. We ran into some friends and they were like, we had all this food. Yeah. And they're like, what do you guys, what do you, what are you having a party? And we're like, oh, we're Corona shopping. And there was definitely like an embarrassment to saying that. It was like, okay, weirdos. Like, right. And then one week later, <laughs> you know, you couldn't buy anything. You know, so it's, it's like you, you can see the writing on the wall. Uh, people still don't want to accept what we actually know is going to happen. We know it's going to happen now because you can see it in other places. And until it happens, they just don't want to believe that that's the truth. Especially since for most people, you go outside, it's beautiful. I don't know where you are, but it's yeah. springtime and people are just kind of walking around. They're just kind of like, I guess there's nothing to do. It's just a strange normalcy out there, but I'm telling you, yeah. If we should have a couple of weeks ago been quarantined, even though that would have felt insane, but that would have stopped, that would have almost stopped it. It's so eerie. Okay, so my apartment's right across the street from this beautiful park in in Denver. Uh, and I went to go throw the garbage out before, and I just walked down the street. And I looked down at the park, and it's just like a normal, you know, beginning of spring day. Like, people are throwing Frisbees, riding bikes, yeah. jogging, yeah. walking their dogs. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? What's like, going it's on? so yeah. weird. And it makes me feel like I, something's wrong with me. I'm all, you know, I'm like peeking behind the blinds in my house, looking, you know, out like <laughs> the window, you know, like there's a van across the street. Like, what, you know, what is going on? You know, like, is, is it like, do these people know? Do they care? Do they not care? Do they just, I don't, I mean, I, I really, I really don't know. And um, yeah, like you said, I mean, and it, it is, it's such a weird thing because when we had like the blackout, you had like the terror terrorist attack or you have, you know, a hurricane or something, it's not like this contagious disease or virus that can spread. So, you know, it's almost, it's, it's, it's so strange and weird in this way where we can't, we want to be there for each other too. And we can't even really be there for each other physically in the right. physical space. I know that's what's so interesting is like the thing that is the problem is other people. 
And as Thich Nhat Hanh says, like the, the our future is like the next Buddha will be the Sangha, will be the community, will be the collective. And right now the collective is the problem. Uh, so it's, it's a very interesting medicine we're experiencing where it's sort of almost like, hey, you need to take care and figure out your own shit internally right now and figure out who you are because there's going to be more times to come in the near future that are going to take all of you, the fullness of your being. And you need to, you need to know who you are to step forward into this future, because this is just, this is, uh, it's, as it's been said, it's a dress rehearsal for at a minimum for another pandemic. That's a much, much more serious one. If not other crises that we have yet to face that we know we have to face, we just don't, we keep kicking the can down the road. And like you so astutely said, it's not in our human nature to be able to really accept the reality of something until it's personalized for us, till it's someone we know or it's in our reality. So that's my recommendation to people is do the inner work now. That's, yeah. that's the equivalent of buy the, buying the toilet paper now. It's like, right. do your inner work. Uh, I, I, what I have to offer is my ceremonies and, and my music as a tool to help you get in there and to guide you, but you're the one doing the work. And the answers come from the inside from you. And that, that's a truth that we all have inside us that we can rely on. We just have to cultivate being able to hear it. Yes, yes. And what I'm trying to do now, too, is, um, you know, share like your, you know, your ceremony that you led last night, like send it to some people that normally wouldn't be in that space or wouldn't be in tune to that thing. And, you know, even like people listening to the show right right now, like, you know, send this podcast out to people maybe like who haven't heard or wouldn't tune into this kind of thing, because I'm interested in kind of like, you know, poking into people's little reality tunnels and offering something like a new offering you know turn off the cnn turn off the fox news try something different try it out you know try it out for a little bit turn into tune into the ceremony try it out see if it's something for you and 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 uh, you know i think that we need that sort of like those like little nudges and encouragement because many people haven't gone inward many people run on the rat race on the treadmill they go to work they you know they, they and then their reward is you know numbing out distractions and they never really ha- they never really were faced with this situation where we have this time right now. So, you know, a lot of the, my friends who are actually back in New York, who are kind of in the nine to five corporate space and stuff are, are like, Oh yeah, what are some good like Netflix things? Like people are just going to what they normally know how to go to do, which is the distract and the numb out. But now's the time to go in, you know, now's the time to choose a new offering, I think, you know? So that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're looking for the thing we did last night on YouTube, it was live, but it archives and it's a video. And I think if they go to my East Force music on YouTube or eastforce.org, which is my site right now, it's on the front page, but awesome. Or just search for it, but it's out there and there's, there are other tools and practices. And if my, if my, uh, 75 year old parents who aren't at all, uh, apostles or disciples of this stuff <laughs> last night dropped in and said like it was really soothing and healing for them just to be able to like take a break. It's like, look, great. That's that's it. It's just, you know, take a, take a chance to just tune out and relax, release some of this stress because that stress is not only terrible for your immune system, it's it's it, it clouds away. It's a kind of noise that covers us up. It's that fear. So it's harder to hear uh, the parts of yourselves that are is more benevolent. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. I'm, I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. I mean, it's, oh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, just much love to you. And, 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 and thankfully you're, you're this, this vessel that, that is able to channel this flow energy to create this magic. It's just, it's wonderful. It's truly wonderful. I don't know anything about the technical aspects of music, but I know that when I hear something and I feel it, uh, that, uh, that I'm just, you know, I'm just ecstatic about it. So, uh, something, you know, something good, like what do you, what you're making? So, um, yeah, I want to, usually sometimes I end the show with just like these big questions. I don't know. Maybe we covered it already. Maybe we may, maybe we hit some of the, the areas. Ask um, me small questions. Then. <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. Okay. What <laughs> is, are <laughs> you, who thinking, <laughs> That's what I want to know about you. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. What is your vision for your work, your life, your community, your friends, the world? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I do this show in a, in a, in a, in a large way. I feel that almost compelled sometimes, like oftentimes when I do a solo show, I feel maybe in, in a similar space where you're at with music, I'm just I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just coming out of me. And, and, uh, I feel very compelled. Like I have to do it, you know? And I, I, you, I probably get the sense that you probably feel the same way with the, the, with your music as well. But I also, I feel, I want the world to wake up. I want people to wake up. I want people to be connected. I want to live in community. I want to live with generosity, kindness. And again, one of my favorite authors, Charles Eisenstein, the more beautiful world our heart knows is possible. Like that's what I want to put out into the world, that connectedness, you know? So I'm, I'm feeling like you're probably on the same page, but I'd love to hear it in your own words, your, your vision. What do you, what do you see? What do you what do, you, what do you want to see unfold? Well, it's, it's cool that you quote Charles because I, I've quoted that phrase so many times myself on my oh own my podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I mean, he's friends, an inspiration. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The guy blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. Just totally. Yeah. I love Charles. Um, I, I think that maybe a big takeaway I, I've had recently is that there's no destination and that we're actually in an endless blossoming. And the thing that we're searching for deep down, yearning for, that's always in the background, that feels like an unrequited love, is actually no further away than our next breath. And then it kind of takes the pressure off to say, like, it's okay. You know, we're not going to arrive to after this, and then there's the next thing and the next crisis. It's like, it's okay. You know, whether we're in one or, quote, out of one, we're still here, and you're still exactly where you need to be, and no matter what's going on, I'm hoping that inside, somewhere inside, you can get in touch with that part of yourself that might feel just like a little candle flame, but at least it's still there, that it doesn't matter what's going on externally. And there's something infinite about that. And psychedelics sometimes can tap into that feeling of like, oh, it's, it's more than just what I see in front of my face. And that can bring a kind of peace and equanimity to know that. Uh, you're going to be okay. And you just need to, you just need to breathe and you're just being asked to be here now, as Ram Dass would say, and there's nothing else to do. So that's my dream and my hope. And, uh, and yeah, it is hard sometimes, of course, I'm not saying it isn't. Um, but I'm also saying that there's nowhere else for it to go. We can like, we can run, but we can't hide kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Man, 
I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost like don't want to say anything else because it was, it was, it was such a great way, but I feel compelled to have to add a Ramdas piece cause it's just so perfect. And I was listening yeah. to his, his audio book experiments in truth, where he's giving a lecture about wanting to get to a destination, wanting to get to a place. I want to be a meditator. I want to be a yogi. I want to be a guru. Mm-hmm. I want to be enlightened. Right. And he's mm-hmm. saying all this stuff and he goes, no, you don't. He's like, you don't want to be any of those things. You want to be free. <laughs> Exactly. You want to be liberated. You want to be free. You don't want to be a meditator. You want to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. East Forest, be free. Go forth and be. Man, this was so great. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. I, I absolutely love what you do, and I'm going to be tuning in as much as I can and spreading the East Forest musical, magical, luminous, ethereal joys of sonic no, soundscapes. Thanks, yeah, you're welcome. More to All right, come. well, yes, yes. And please go, eastforest.org, uh, right? Eastforest.org. Yep. Check that out. Where else? Anywhere else? Anything else? Instagram is just East Forest, and that's probably the most active. But I'm on the other platforms at East Forest Music. Thank you so much. Peace out. Till next time, everyone. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you did, Go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel like writing something. Uh, That would be great. It helps the show a lot. helps us bump us up in the uh, Apple algorithm, get the podcast exposed to more people. So if you like the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to go a step further, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron, be a part of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group of people chatting and connecting all around the world, refining the others, bringing them together creating community one of my favorite things to offer i also release bonus episodes sometimes i do episodes that are kind of raw and kind of beta test them for the producers of the show which are my patrons the people who support the show big shout out to everybody that's a patron thank you for your love and support if you want to do a one-time donation go to my website mikebrank.com go to paypal and do a one-time donation if you feel that and uh, i really like the method of donation it's a, it's a gifting mentality, and reading Charles Eisenstein's books recently and his talks have really kind of made me embrace the spirit of the gift, of giving and gifting, and what better time than this holiday season to be generous and to give. And, you know, if you like the show, just tell, tell people about it, spread it, share it. Also, contact me. Go to my email uh, on my website, the contact page, mikebrank.com. Reach me on Instagram, Mikeadelic underscore podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Send me your messages. Send me your thoughts. Send me guest suggestions, ideas. Share your story with me. Reach out. Give me feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? And uh, I love to hear from people. I always respond. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you're interested in CBD, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. You can go to hempbombs.com, get all kinds of CBD stuff. And um, I used to take their their gummies. I think I'm going to start taking them again. I ran out, so I got to get some more. But uh, they're really good. And um, yeah, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, you want to give it a try, put in the code MIKE15 at checkout and get 15% off all of your CBD wants, desires, needs, and so forth. Big shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. And uh, of course, thanks to Muse, who uh, I mash up their song and put the Terrence McKenna clips and everything in without their permission. But somehow I'm still able to do it. So thanks, because I love that. And uh, what else? I don't know. Thank you so much to everybody for your love and support for listening. And yeah, I really, uh, really, 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 really from the bottom of my heart really can't express how grateful I am 
that out of all the podcasts out there that you choose this one to listen to. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, let's really make this a collaborative effort. If there's something that you hear that you notice, you know, something going on with the show that you're like, hey, you used to do this or you do that, or I'd like to see this, or hey, did you ever think about that? Shoot me a message. I'm open. I communicate. I message back. I like this to be a collaborative effort. I want more community involved in this. So anyway, thanks. And uh, till next time, peace.